Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. I am Dave Ebert, and I'm uh, excited as always to join you, blessed as always to join you. Uh, it is Passion Week. Uh, it is the week that we celebrate uh, uh, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, so it's a very big week uh, for many pastors. It's like their Super Bowl Sunday, so we want to wish all of our pastors uh, a very uh, great week of preparation, whether you've got a Good Friday service or just doing the Sunday services. Uh, we want to pray uh, that uh, that you have just a great week and that uh, the guests and visitors that will come, uh, that you will speak the Word of God forth with power and uh, and with energy in such a way that uh, you're, you're going to see more people come to Christ uh, this weekend. So uh, good luck on the uh, the Christian Super Bowl Sunday this weekend uh, to all my pastor friends out there. Uh, this week, we want to get into our uh, Devotion with Dave segment. Uh, what we're doing starting tonight and then through all of April, April is National Humor Month. And for me, for anybody that knows me, you know I'm, I'm always trying to be funny. Um, I bet about 300, so I'm kind of like a Major League Baseball player. You know, three out of 10 attempts to be funny hit. Uh, I do strike out a lot, but that's okay. Uh, but humor is so vital and is so important, and I truly believe it's a gift from God. I cannot imagine 13 men, most of them, you know, roughnecks, you know, not the elite of the world, but these 13 men hanging out three years in the wilderness, going from place to place to place, and they didn't have moments of levity. I truly believe that that the love and devotion that the men felt for each other, that was developed with moments of levity and peace and joy. So I think that humor is a gift from God and is so important that especially in these unprecedented times, uh, I know that uh, that word is kind of overused, uh, kind of like social distancing and everything else that's gone along for the last year or so. But in these times, humor is so vital, and we want to celebrate National Humor Month in a big way. So each week, we're going to be featuring some incredible talents who use their gifts for God's glory, using comedy as a, a way to make a difference in the world. And that's near and dear to my heart. For those that know my story, know that I founded uh, or co-founded an improv comedy ministry. I also teach improv comedy as a ministry to uh, help people find their inner voice, whether it's helping them find their voice as a part of their ministry work or rediscover their voice if they've been hurt or been through trauma. So improv and comedy, they're near and dear to my heart. So this month, uh, for the month of April, yes, I know it's March 31st as we go live here on Facebook, but we're kicking it off a little bit early. And if you know me and anything about me, you know that I like to be places early. So let's get this month started of National His uh, Humor Month. And I want to bring up our Devotion with Dave segment. Uh, we are going to be reading from Proverbs 17.22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. A lot of people will attribute that verse as saying uh, a, a cheerful heart is also uh, laughter is like good medicine. And to have a cheerful heart. 
to have that that joy inside. I believe that God gives us laughter in order to achieve that, in order to find that cheerful heart, to find that hope. One of my favorite uh, comedians is Michael Jr. He's a phenomenal stand-up comedian. And uh, he uh, gave an interview where he said that um, laughter is the tangible evidence of hope. And I often cite that quote. I often refer to it because I truly believe it. Uh, teaching improv uh, at Salt and Light Coalition, I've seen how laughter can seem to break through the weight and the burden that uh, that the ladies that I'm I'm teaching are, are carrying. Uh, so it's it's such a gift from God that we have. That's laughter, uh, that's joy, and it, it's. It's so amazing and it's so important, and that's why we're celebrating uh, National Humor Month. I have uh, my good friend uh, Jonathan uh, Nicholas. Uh, John Nicholas, he's uh, he's an actor, he's a comedian, phenomenal man of God. Uh, you're going to want to connect with him all over social. Uh, he says, comedy gives a perspective that serious people just can't give. And I truly believe that. I, I honestly believe that. I, I think that there were moments that Jesus was funny. I, I look at how he and ha and uh, Mary had had their relationship, and most mama's boys have a really great sense of humor. So uh, I think that humor is so important. And uh, going back to our verse, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Uh, when you laugh, when you feel that joy inside, you feel better. You feel like whatever is going on right here in front of you is not that important. And it helps you lift your eyes higher back to the mountain where God is. So find a way to have that cheerful heart. And now I do say that laughter is a gift from God. But like all gifts, if we misuse it, we can cause more damage than anything. So we have to look at laughter and laugh at things that that fit in with Philippians 4.8. What is pure and lovely and righteous. That's where the joy of laughter comes in. So that's our Devotion with Dave segment, just uh, diving right into our National Humor Month. Uh, Proverbs 17.22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So that was our uh, Devotion segment for today. Now, we were scheduled to have uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence as our guest this week. Uh, there's been some technical issues, haven't been able to get him into the, uh, the broadcast tonight. Uh, so we're still hoping that uh, he'll be able to connect with us. Uh, if you don't know who he is, uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence, uh, he is a, uh, a phenomenal comedian. You can find him on uh, Dry Bar Special, uh, with his own Dry Bar Special, Clean Out of Compton. And he was also a star in last year's hit comedy, Sleeper Agent, with Leland Clausen, uh, Gigi Orsilio, and Matt Falk. Uh, he's, he's funny. He's, he's amazing. And in fact, what I want to do for you is I actually want to share... Uh, a stand-up set that he did on the Mike Huckabee show on TBN. Uh, I, I'm pulling this directly from his website. It's a phenomenal uh, few minutes. So let's kick off National Humor Month with a little bit from our scheduled guest, Mark Christopher Lawrence, uh, as he appeared on the Huckabee show on TBN. My next guest is a wonderfully talented actor. You've seen him in hit shows like Seinfeld, Martin, and Chuck. He's also a very funny, I mean a very funny comedian, would you please welcome back to our stage, Mr. Mark Christopher Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am Mark Christopher Lawrence. Uh, it's my birth given name. It's not a made up Hollywood name. 
You know, there's a lot of Hollywood made-up names out there. Ving Rhames, for example. Uh, I've been black 55 years, and not once have I met a brother named Ving. <laughs> we like, as a people, we like to throw the, the Q around. You know, Shaquille, Shaniqua, Aquanetta. <laughs> I met a little boy the other day, Tyrone, with a Q. <laughs> he said, my mama said the Q is silent. I said, tell your mama the Q is stupid. I was lucky, my brother named his kids after things he likes, cars. Cars he can't even afford, Porsche and Bentley. I got a little fat nephew, Hummer. My mother took my name right out of the Bible. You know, nice, strong, biblical name, Mark, New Testament. You know, let me say this. If you use the Bible as a reference to name your child, you have a responsibility to read the chapter in which you found the name so that people can know and your child can know what you are saying with it. You don't want to get that phone call at, at kindergarten going, come and get him! Beelzebub is the devil! <laughs> I, I, love, I love being a comedian and in my line of work I shake a lot of hands and uh, I can tell a little bit about someone by the way their hands feel in mine. You know, for, for example, a couple nights ago, I was doing a show in San Diego, and I'm shaking hands with this guy, and I could tell that he was a hard-working man. You know, he had rough hands. You know, maybe a manual labor, real, real rough hands. Hands so rough, they felt like stale oatmeal cookies. <laughs> the whole time I was talking to him, all I could think was, I hope this guy doesn't slap me with these oatmeal cookie hands. <laughs> and then last night, I was here at Zany's, and I shook hands with this young lady after the show, and, and I could tell I wanted to hold her hands longer. Her hands were soft and warm and comforting, like, like a grilled cheese sandwich and hot tomato soup on a rainy day. You know, she made me feel safe, like I was wrapped in a baby cheetah. You know, warm and comforting, yes, but with teeth. She could hurt me, but I knew she wouldn't. Now, I said all that to say this. You know, if we run into each other out there somewhere and, and, and we decide to shake hands, and you know you have something odd going on with your hand? Don't just come up and stick it in mine without some kind of a warning. Because I don't have a whole lot of filter. Like, one night after a show, I'm shaking hands, this guy rolls up on me, he sticks his hand in mine, we begin to shake, and I could tell there's something odd going on with this dude's hand. My curiosity got the best of me, so I took a peek. He had a tiny little baby hand with perfect little baby fingers and a perfect little baby thumb, but with hair on the back like a man. <laughs> Remember the first time someone handed you a spork? <laughs> See, you can't just sneak a baby hand in on a brother. You gotta give me some kind of warning. If you know you got something odd going on with your hand, all I'm saying is, we all have something. Years ago, I had this big eight-inch afro. I shaved it to do a play. When I grew it back, I had a big hole in my afro. So I don't judge. All I'm saying is, if you know you got something odd going on with your hand, warn me. Say, Mark, I'm coming in with a spork. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, I'm coming in with a spork. Uh, so uh, without further ado, I want to bring in our guest. Uh, our guest is an actor, comedian, and speaker. Uh, you've seen him as uh, Big Mike in the hit TV show Chuck. 
Uh, last year, as I mentioned in the open, uh, you saw him in Sleeper Agent with Leland Coughlin, uh, Gigi Orsilio, and Matt Falk. Uh, you can also see him in his own dry bar comedy special, Clean Out of Compton, and uh, connect with him uh, on his appropriately named website, markchristopherlawrence.com. He's been all over, and we're proud uh, to kick off National Humor Month with this strong man of God. Please welcome Mark Christopher Lawrence to the Gifts Rewarded Podcast. Uh, Mark, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm holding on. How you doing? I'm doing well. Glad we can connect. Uh, uh, you've had a phenomenal career, and, and it's an honor to have you on our show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, it's been it's been it's been quite a year, and uh, yeah. so, so it's it's nice, you know, when when I can actually talk to people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So you've been doing things for a while. Uh, your uh, IMDb is is incredible. Uh, what what came first, the the stand up or or acting? I started doing stand up uh, in the eleventh grade, so in like nineteen eighty one, and then uh, I did my first play in the tenth grade. Uh, but then you know when I got serious about both, it didn't happen until I was in college, mm. and. Stand up was my, I called it my day job. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so roughly around the same time, I guess. Yeah. Well, what's funny is most comedians start with a day job and then comedy is their side hustle, but that was your day job. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I had a three year period where, where I, where I, I started, started doing a day job and realized it wasn't for me. Mm. You know, yeah. I was bartending and waiting tables and, and uh, w once the customers started getting on my nerves, I was like, okay, it it's time to go chase this dream for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of the movies that a lot of people have probably seen you in uh, has been, uh, I had a, a, a supporting role in Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Uh, and one of my favorites recently was uh, when you were in uh, Sleeper Agent. Uh, kind of playing the straight man to Matt Falk and, and Leland Clausen's character. Yeah, and I, I thought that as a straight man, you you fit that role perfectly. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's really easy to to play the straight man with those guys with Matt and and, and uh, Leland because they're so funny. You know, it was so much fun working with them. I, I I can't tell you how much we laughed on that set. I'm sure the outtakes would make a, a, a phenomenal release in and of themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> so how did you get connected with, with that uh, film? Um, I met Leland at uh, CCA, at the Christian Comedy uh, Association um, conference. And um, then he and I sort of kept in touch, and then he called me and asked me to to do comedy at his church and I did that and and then he called me up and said hey I'm working on this film idea and wanted to know if you'd be interested in, in being in it I was like uh, of course because yeah, he's such a great guy it's just you know it's hard to hard to say no to that guy yeah and and you tell him of course as long as the money's right right <laughs> well it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, know, that's what the sequels are for. for that's what you do for friends. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the, the, the most important parts of uh, this podcast, the Gifts of Glory podcast, is testimonies. We want to hear the story of, of brothers and sisters in Christ in their walk. Uh, and uh, so as far back as you want to take it, let us know a little bit, or as much as you want to share, 
about how you found Christ? Did that happen uh, while you were pursuing acting and comedy, or did that happen during that journey? I, I, I grew up in the church. I, I, you know, my, my mother, you know, uh, when you lived in her house, you, you was going to church no matter what. No matter what you did Saturday night, Sunday morning, you were at church. And um, when I got to college, you know, it was one of those situations where I'd been, you know, waking up to Shirley Caesar on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. as loud as it could go. Hmm. And I decided that, you know, I wasn't going to church. I, you, know, I, you know, I don't have to go. I'm grown. I don't, I don't need to go to church. You know, I know how I'm a good person, blah, 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 blah. You know, you hear it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And uh, then just years later, realized something was missing in my life. And it was it was the Lord. You know, it's like I wasn't being fed. I wasn't wasn't growing spiritually. And, and you know, the career wasn't doing what it probably should have been doing. And, and you know, gave myself back to, to the Lord. And, and then things started happening, you know. That's, that's kind of the way it is. It's like it's like. I think just fathoming the idea that that God is steady, mm -hmm. you know, and we're on this journey, and He's He's with us, and we stray from Him, right. and that's what I did. I strayed and you know, went away, and came back, and He was still there. You know, <laughs> 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 he was like, "Oh, you're back. All right, <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, you're back. Have a seat. Let's have something to eat." Yeah, yeah. So was there ever a like the, a breaking point, or is it more a gradual process of like things aren't going well? Let me turn back around, or was there like a pivotal moment where you're like, I I'm hit bottom, and I need to turn back. I never really hit bottom. I, I don't think you know. I mean, that wasn't the situation with me. I think mm -hmm. I think um, I just kind of felt something was not quite right, and that that. Um, that church and a couple of Sundays in a row, you know, it was like God was talking directly to me. So I'm like looking around like, Pastor, why are you telling everybody my business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got up there reading your mail. Right. Like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and then and then one night uh Miles McPherson was preaching. And um, I just felt led to go on down. Nice. That's what it was. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm no perfect Christian by any stretch of the imagination. Pray for me. Put me on your prayer list because <laughs> I know how I struggle. And, and, you know, every day is a journey. It's like God knows your heart. He knows you know, what you're going to do before you do it. He knows your thoughts and, and, and uh, you know, all this time off, you know, my thoughts get pretty wicked. <laughs> so, yeah. so pray for me. That's all I'm trying to say. Hey, nobody's perfect. Uh, the, 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 the only perfect Christian, he got nailed to a cross. So Amen. Uh, we may not want that job. But then on the third day. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we celebrate that this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday. Yep. As we said when he came on, we were like, this is the pastor's Super Bowl Sunday this weekend. <laughs> right. Right. Right, uh, right now they're like, "Oh, we're not having the youth pastor take the platform at all. It's all the lead pastor." <laughs> so you started. You said you started doing uh, some comedy back in high school, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
when you started doing it, was it something where people kept telling you you were funny, or did you say, I think I can be funny, let me pursue this on my own? Mm, no. Um, so, I, I grew up in Compton, California. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, during the height of the rise of the Bloods and Crips, and and you know it was tough, you know, growing up. But but um, I was more afraid of my mother than I was of the gangs. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> my mother was my gang leader. <laughs> so uh, when I got to high school, I, I, I ran into a teacher, Mrs. Schilling, who uh, was my tenth grade English teacher. And uh, she got me involved in speech and put me in my first play. And I kept qualifying for these uh, state and national tournaments. And so my senior year, I was doing a piece called Stagger Lee. And she had a guy uh, mentor me and coach me on the speech because he had done it before and thought he could give me some pointers. And he and I became friends. His hmm. name was Perry Brents. And um, he was like, man, you're pretty funny. He's a, he's a, you probably think about doing stand-up comedy. And then my best friend in the world, uh, he said, you know, let's go to the comedy store and get on stage. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we go and sign up for the potluck and got on, did, did three minutes at midnight. I was supposed to go in at like 10. And then uh, some headliners came in and bumped a couple people and then Robin Williams came in, two people ahead of me, and and did forty five minutes. So I ended up going on it like midnight. Wow! And then uh, Louis Anderson, when I came off stage, said, "Hey, you got something, kid? Keep writing." Oh wow, that's and big. Then, yeah, and then and then uh, and that so that was the beginning of it. And then it wasn't until I was in college, a friend of mine and I, we would go and do like open mics. You know, it's like we'd be completely broke. Let's let's go do this open mic. Uh, usually it was like some sort of a competition, like you know, there'd be singers and dancers. And so mm. we'd go and we say, okay, no matter how we place, we'll split the money. Cause we always felt like we were going to be first and second. And, and oftentimes we were, but sometimes we, we'd get like completely shut out because it's like, uh, the hometown favorites were all there, but, uh, that sort of developed into, you know, okay, now let's try to start getting into clubs. So we started doing that, and um, then I started opening for a lot of different uh, headliners, which is really where I, I really started getting good at it. And because because uh, the headliners were always very helpful, you know, because they wanted somebody good in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Canada with this guy Jack Marion, and we did eighteen nights there. And at the end of that tour, he told. Uh, the booker, he says, you know, next time you bring Mark up, you should you should headline him. He's hard to follow. Mm, wow! And and so that was when I started headlining. Very nice. Yeah. So what's what's your creative process? How do you create your material? Is there a writing process, or is it shooting from the hip? How do you prepare? Um, a lot of stuff just pops into my head. Uh, but pretty much everything in my act. If you watch my drive bar special, pretty much everything in my act comes out of something that happened in real life so like every, i'm a storyteller by trade so every story is steeped in some sort of truth somewhere there's something in it that spurred the joke um so what, generally the way i i write like i i had i hit a few years ago i hit this incredible writer's block you know my life was kind of 
in turmoil and and I just I couldn't write. I was just stifled. And a friend of mine that I played football with uh, was teaching a poetry class workshop and said, hey, come on down to the poetry thing. So I, I went down and there's a technique that he uses. Uh, it's a timeline, basically. Mm-hmm. You um, write the date you were born in left-hand margin of a piece of paper, draw a line straight across, write the, the present date, and then hash marks across the top of the line for everything that you can think of that happened to you positively. Mm. And below the line, everything that you can think of that happened to you negatively, things that impacted you. And by the end of that, you have all these stories, you know, from your life. And so then I, what I do is I look at a story and go, oh, yeah, this could be funny. Or this was funny mm-hmm. when it happened. And, and, then, and then some things are, are on it that are too close, you know, so you're not ready to talk about it yet. And then you look at it again. And, and uh, probably every couple of years or so, I'll, I'll draw another timeline and see what new is, is on there. And, uh, you know, write the story and see what shakes out. Yeah. So one of my favorite running bits through your dry bar special, uh, clean out of Compton, highly recommend download the dry bar app, check it out. And also leave my man a tip. You can tip at the end of dry bar specials and uh, help support them uh, because uh, entertainers like yourself really took a hit last year and are still kind of taking a hit. So check it out. We took a beating. So yeah, you, I, I can only imagine uh, the beating that you've been taking. So check it out, clean out of Compton, watch it, leave a tip. Uh, as much as you can uh, get away with, as long as the spouse doesn't get upset. <laughs> but, right. Uh, right. Ask first. <laughs> yes, ask first. You know, we're, we're a Christian show, so pray about it first. Pray, pray about, about yeah. Pray about blessing somebody. <laughs> But the the running gag was the uh, the the let out a little bit of pee. Ah, that that cracked me up. And uh, there's been a couple of times where I've like I've you know commented on on uh, some stuff you've shared. Not, yeah. not the not the scripture that you share because uh, I have a little bit more respect. But uh, <laughs> but that running gag, how did that come about? Is that one of those steeped in truth, or is that one that so- you just thought be funny? So what happened with with that was I, I slipped in the shower and broke my back, mm, yeah. and um, the cat literally came in and one of them was sitting on my chest, and he's like he's his, his face is this close to me, and he goes taps me on the face <laughs> like you all right, <laughs> and so it started as just that mm. I just told that part of the story. And a good friend of mine who just passed away a couple months ago, uh, Eric Dickey, we started comedy right around the same time. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being a best-selling author, wrote nine books that in the New York Times list. Um, he and I had a conversation one day. He goes, then what happened? He says, he says, when I write, I always ask myself, then what happened? He says, that'll stretch your stuff. And mm-hmm. so that's what I started doing just with that bit. I was like, okay. What happened before I fell? Right. You know, and then I started creating the whole curves bit. Yeah. So with the uh, the the fall and you you actually did break your back, is that right? I crushed my T eleven. Oh. 
Any uh, lasting effects from that, or are you 100%? No, I I was doing a boot camp at the time, and, uh, you know, literally two months. I I, I had slipped in the shower two months prior to it starting to hurt. Wow. And and so uh, I go to the hospital, and they do a CAT scan and an X-ray, and the guy says, you need to see a specialist. So my doctor recommended a specialist, and, you know, he gets an MRI and he says, you know, I don't think we have to cut you. He's looking at the MRI. He says, you see this? He says, you see that sort of mesh looking stuff? He says, that's bone growing. He says, um, your disc is out between 11 and 12. So um, he says, I think we just leave you alone. It'll heal itself. We got to put you in the pool and lengthen your spine so that the disc will go back into place. And so that's what we did. And, and then, uh, you know, after a while, he released me because I was fine. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, God, to hear God. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to your career, uh, how do you choose what projects to get involved with? Because um, you're, you're obviously a strong man of God, and some of the projects that you're attached to, you, how do you choose which ones, uh, Does your how much does your faith play in that? Um, it's funny you should say that because I had this conversation with Della Reese, um, mm. and I, I did touch by an angel, and I had watched her in a movie called uh, Harlem Nights. Yeah, she was, she was so funny, <laughs> but but just a lot of language, and Della was was a pastor, mm-hmm. and so I had a conversation with her about that movie. I told her, you know, Stoner, how funny I thought she was in it. She said, she says, yeah. She says, but oh, a lot of language. I said, yeah. And I, I said, I said, so, you know, what what do you do with that when it's, you know, do you get a lot of flack from that? And she said, she says, look, um, don't worry about what the job is. She says, people that that will ridicule you, people that will will uh, you know say stuff about you because of an acting job, you know. Um, they need to check their own heart. She says, because here's the thing, God won't open a door that he doesn't want you to go through. Hmm. She said, so, you know, when your jobs come, take your jobs. It's, you know, she says, she says, when I, when I did that job, it wasn't, it wasn't me cousin. It was the character. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay. Um, but I, I actually, over the years, I, I've, I've turned down two jobs and uh, both of them were for cigarettes. One, I don't, I don't smoke, and I probably would look ridiculous smoking. And two, it was right after I had done a movie called Fear of a Black Hat, mm. and I played a rapper in it. And they wanted me to play the, that type of character. And in my head, okay, who are you selling cigarettes to with a rapper? It, it sounds to me like you're selling cigarettes to kids. So, right. so I passed. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. Uh, it was it was German, uh, and then the other one I can't remember what it was, but it was the same sort of thing, and I passed. Yeah. One of uh, my good friends uh, is a fellow comedian uh, down here in Florida, uh, John Nicholas. He wants us to uh, ask you uh, about the time that you were on Terminator Two. Ah. Uh. That was my first huge movie. Um, you know, I, I, I auditioned for it, 
and didn't hear anything for a couple of months. And it was at a time in my career, it was about five years out of college, that all my debate friends, I went to USC on a debate scholarship, so all my friends on the debate team were clerking for judges and working at major firms, and, and I'm still kind of struggling as an actor. And I started thinking, man, maybe I've made a mistake. Mm. And so I started trying to find something else to do. And I, and I look in the LA Weekly, and there's this big ad, like a quarter page ad for learn to deal cards. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I can learn to deal cards. That we have placement in Monaco, Reno, Vegas, blah, 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 blah. Uh, $499 uh, for the course. You can, you can, um, sorry, you can, you okay. can, uh, audit the first class, and then if you like it, pay the four ninety nine, and you got it. So I go audit the first class, and this is how how God opens and closes doors. Mm -hmm. Every time I've tried to do something else, where I've thought, okay, I'm going to do something else because this is not working. You know, God will close the door, and I'll get an acting job or something. And in this case, he slammed the door shut. He was like, you ain't dealing no cards. <laughs> like, like before the first, before the first uh, break of the morning of that, that I, that I was um, auditing the class, suits came in and shut the class down. Apparently they were laundering money through this class. Oh no. <laughs> and then about a week later, I get a phone call from the wardrobe designer on Terminator 2 asking me for my sizes. And I was like, wow. for what? I had forgotten all about even reading for Terminator 2 at that point. And uh, she says, oh, it's for Terminator 2. And so I called my agent. I said, hey, I just got a phone call from Terminator 2. Uh, she says, I got a job. And they said, yeah, we're on the phone with them now cutting the deal. And and that's, that was the Terminator 2 story. Nice. It's amazing. Like you said, God will definitely shut the doors at that you allow him to shut. Sometimes we still try to force him open, but, right. uh, but yeah, that, that's really awesome. Uh, and, uh, John also, uh, said that, uh, he, he, he too enjoyed, uh, Harlem nights. He said Harlem nights was hilarious. There's things, little things that are so funny because they feel like so much real life. Who would mm -hmm. eat this little swallow of orange juice in the refrigerator? Not why not just drink it and throw it away? <laughs> Red Fox says, "Well, swallow it and shut up." <laughs> so we we mentioned a, a minute ago that you know twenty twenty and now even still uh, to the to today, you know entertainers have had you know just been beat, you know beaten down financially and opportunities. Uh, do you have any testimonies of uh, positive things that have come out of the last year? Mm. I, you know, I mean, for me personally, yeah, uh, I, I never needed anything. Wow. You know, it's like it's like um, there were times where I, where I was thinking, hmm, I might be in trouble in a little bit, and all of a sudden, you know, God makes a way. You know, um, I remember the first time was around June, 
you know, because I lost all of my work from March through like July, right at the beginning. Yeah. And then around June, I was like, hmm, things are getting tight. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then all of a sudden, I was doing a film in Oklahoma. Wow. Nice. And then um, all the rest of my work started falling out through the end of the year. And then, you know, we get a call and uh, all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing four episodes of the the eight episode pilot season of a show for Tyler Perry. Okay. You know, in the bubble, you know, you, 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 you test for COVID and the day, that, the day after they hire you and then you test again three days before they fly you out, you know, private plane. And then you get there and you test the day you get to, to the studio and they put you up in your housing and you test two days later and then every four days until you're done. Wow. You know, just a serious bubble situation, which was fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and it shows that God will provide it uh, even in the hardest situations, not on, not on our schedule. There are times when it's like, hey, God, uh, did you forget something? You know, right. what do I do? <laughs> Me and my sister was having this conversation the other day. And, and uh, she says, you know, I said, she said, I just stopped worrying about stuff because mm -hmm. God keeps proving that he's God. I said, yeah, that's what he's doing for me, for sure. Do you have any uh, new projects coming out? Uh, you mentioned the Tyler Perry uh, pilot. Uh, when, when is that going to be available? I, I'm not sure when it's releasing. They just they just started talking about it um, mm -hmm. last week. And so I, I don't know. It, it doesn't actually have a release date yet, I don't think. Um, they're doing some reshoots right now. And, um, and then it'll, it'll start rolling up. Be on BET Plus probably. You know, if I had to guess, I would I would think it'd probably be sometime the middle of this month or the middle of uh, April. Okay. If I had to guess. Do you have any uh, uh, stand up uh, gigs coming up? Are you uh, touring anywhere? Not really touring. I did I did two weeks ago. I did a church parking lot <laughs> <laughs> out in Santee, and I have another one coming up at the end of this month uh, in Vista, California which is uh, North County, San Diego. So the one you did in the parking lot, was that like a gorilla thing where you just showed up and started doing it or was it a booking? You <laughs> 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 got a megaphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, megaphone that you just put your hat on the ground, like here, Phyllis, please. Hilarious. Yeah, they went through outreach events to get me. They tried to get me in January and then things shut down in San Diego again. Mm -hmm. And it came back around and... You know, they had a big giant tent outside and people social distance and blankets and it was it was cold. It's like I, I normally sweat a lot when I'm on stage. I didn't sweat at all. And about halfway through my set, I could see my breath. I was like, Woo, it is cold. <laughs> and that's pretty rough for out west at any yeah. time during the year. Yeah, it was it was cold. It was it I think it probably dipped, you know, into the thirties. Wow. Night. Wow. Well, uh, uh, Mark, one of uh, the two final segments we have on the show, it's called the interrogation. Uh, what I do is I throw out seven random questions that wouldn't have fit otherwise in the uh, interview. Uh, and uh, they're mostly softballs, but uh, there might be a couple uh, on the inside corner of the plate. Okay. So, so here is the interrogation. All right, our first question is, uh, what's your go-to comfort food? 
Mm. Wow, that's a tough one. I cook, so it's like it's uh, probably you know if it, if I'm if I'm being lazy, probably like fried chicken. Nice. Yeah, but if I but if I got some time and 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 uh, you know I would say gumbo. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, that's. That's not really normal for California, right? Because you're born and raised there in Compton. Well, my mom is from Louisiana. Ah, okay. So you come by honestly. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, second question is: Other than uh, handshakes from weird hands, uh, what's your uh, biggest pet peeve? Um, people throwing their cigarettes out of their car windows when they're driving. Yes. That drives me crazy. True story about that. Uh, I was uh, in college, and uh, it's uh, halftime of a basketball game. I was outside, uh, small school, because we go in and out, and I uh, saw this guy just chuck his cigarette into the, the field next to the gymnasium. I said, excuse me, sir, you dropped something. Turned out it was uh, one of my friend's fathers, and I you know, kind of had to apologize for being so rude, but uh, <laughs> he said, no, I actually appreciate that. <laughs> Question number three. Uh, with whom from scripture do you most identify? David? Hmm. Maybe. I like to be like Paul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would too. Yeah, Paul. I, I'd well, like I, think, I think with David, you know, it's like there, there was there was you know, he had so much struggle. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, I think David. Yeah. Question number four. What's something that you wish you were better at? Um, singing. Oh. Well, let me qualify that. I, I, I'm okay at singing. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I wish I was better at it. But I also wish... I was better at instruments. Like my left hand doesn't do what I tell it to do, so instruments are kind of tough for me. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, next question: What keeps you up at night? <laughs> COVID. <laughs> I think it keeps everybody. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think. Um, I, I'm, I'm. I come about. Come up. Come by being a night owl pretty honestly i think i think i'm i've always been a night owl i go periods where you know i'm up to three four in the morning and then and then i go to periods where I'll, I'll go to bed early but that only lasts for maybe a couple of months and then i'm up late again for months mm. yeah so i don't i don't think it's anything in particular that keeps me up i think i think i just um i'm just a night owl gotcha Okay. Question number six. If you could recast any role with yourself, what role would you most like to play? Mm. No, we're talking TV, film, stage. Any. Mm. I, I would like to play... Actually, I would like to play Iago in a fellow. <laughs> <laughs> I go. think that's the best character. <laughs> he's he's so treacherous. 
Yeah. All right. So question number seven, who's funnier, Matt Falk or Leland Clausen? No, I'm kidding. That's going to get you in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to go with me. There you go. Good answer. Uh, the last one I wanted to ask is, if you could be any of the superheroes, uh, Marvel or DC, uh, who would you want to be? Mm. I don't. I don't know that that there's that there's a superhero that that's out there that I'd want to be. Mm. But but if I had a superpower, I would want the power to heal. Wow. Even if it meant like you know you have a year to heal to go all over the world and heal any and everybody you can you can come in contact with at the end of the year, you die. Yeah, I would do that. Nice, that's awesome. And that was our interrogation. So uh, pretty painless overall. Pretty plain. Pretty painless. So the final question I ask every guest. And uh, for anybody that wants to either step into acting, comedy, or just in general, uh, for anyone looking to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, what would your wise counsel be? Stop thinking about it and uh, put a plan into action to do it. Because as long as you think about it, you'll just think about it. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta start doing it. If you want to be a stand-up, you know, if you want to be an actor, you know, go get some training and do it. Especially stand up. Just get on stage. Go do an open mic. You might not even like it. I tell people all the time that, that come to me, hey, you know, you know what, what do you charge for, for comedy classes? And I said, look, um, get on stage and see if you even like being in front of people. Because mm -hmm. that's, you know, because that's part of it. It's like if you don't like being in front of people, it, it might not work out for you. Yeah, stage right and stand up don't go well. Stop thinking and do. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome advice. I appreciate it. Uh, so, Mark Christopher Lawrence, we uh, invite everyone to uh, follow you on your uh, uh, your Facebook page, MCL Actor Comedian, or on Twitter at Mark CHR Lawrence, uh, right there in uh, on the screen, and also in our show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, again. Download the Drybar app. Look for a clean out of Compton. You're not going to regret it. And also check them out in Sleeper Agent. Came out last year. Won a lot of awards uh, so far as far as uh, uh, with you know, Christian films. So uh, you know, it, 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 I really enjoyed it. I've watched it twice. Once with it's my funny. wife. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. Matt, Matt is, is, is the great bumbling you know, <laughs> spy. I've already. Uh, I'm connected to uh, to Nathan and to Leland. I both. I've told them both that they need to do a second one where uh, Matt Falk's character Eugene thinks he's on a mission trip to uh, Colombia, but it turns out he's actually a drug mule. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, I think there might might be something in the works. I think, nice. I think, I think there may be some writing going on right now. Um, Perfect. You know, also social media, I'm on Instagram, Mark Christopher Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, so uh, definitely connect uh, uh, at Mark Christopher Lawrence. Uh, well, Mark, thank you so much for uh, being on. I uh, pray that uh, you get more uh, opportunities to get out there thank and you. get your gifts for God's glory. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everyone have a, a great rest of your day, evening, or night. We'll see you next time. Yes, happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> <laughs>